0: And at this time, let us get our hearts and minds ready for what the Lord has for us this morning. Hallelujah. Please stand with me as I introduce to you and welcome our senior apostle, Dr. Apostle Suzanne Howard. Bless the Lord. Are you blessed today? Have you blessed Him today? Amen. You can go ahead and take your seats. I didn't know if I wanted to share with y'all what I shared with my mentees yesterday when we met, but um, I'm going to go ahead and share a piece of that because I believe it has a lot to do with the prophetic and how. Drastically, we are shifting this house prophetically, that we're not even going to recognize this church by September, October. Amen? Amen. Uh, before we get to that, though, I do want to announce that we missed one birthday. Uh, Sister Minister Corinda's birthday is the 18th of this month. Amen. You too, Kevin? Kevin, when's yours? We missed Kevin on the 26th of this month. See, just because we get older don't mean we don't want our birthdays recognized. Who else? Is someone else? Elder Manny? 21st of this month? What happened? Y'all all fire. Shooting line right here. Boom, 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 boom. You was doing one week? Okay, you was just doing the current week. Amen. See, y'all confuse us because some exhorters read the whole month. Some exhorters read one week. So that's y'all fault. No, y'all not giving vision right. We don't shoot the team. We shoot the leaders of the team. So make sure when our exhorters get up here, they are clear on what they're supposed to be reading. If they go off course, it's your problem that you're not teaching discipline. Amen? Absolutely. They learn from y'all. Hallelujah. So happy birthday, everybody. We need to start having some cake in here once a month. We all just eat some good cake. Nobody want no cake but me? Thank you. What? Ice cream cake? You don't want cake? We'll eat it for you. Carrot cake? Oh, my God. That's going to be some work right there. (laughs) So um, let's open up our Bibles. And I want us to go to... Second Corinthians 12. We're going to land somewhere about nine, but I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. I want to share with you something that blessed me when I was in um, some uh, specialized courses for mental health coaching. And one of the coaches had begun to share a story with us to get us to understand how important it is that people's minds be shifted because it's a lot of our learned behaviors that aren't necessarily correct behaviors. You may not have realized that it's caused you anything because maybe you're not sick or addicted or seeing some traumatic issue by the way you think, but your thinking can really be the power source of what's holding you back from doing what God has called you to do, from what God has called you to do, not even just yourself what God has called you to do. So yesterday when I met with my mentees, I gave them soul work, they had homework to do after our lovely breakfast together. And um, y'all probably saw maybe some of their posts, they tagged it on my page, where they left pretty shocked. So matter of fact, I'll open up the way I did yesterday with my mentees. Guess why you're here today? Anybody know why they're here today? Why are we in this lovely service? Why are you under this leader, this particular leader? You are here because I want you to fail. Misha's like, you made a mistake. You are here because I want you to fail. And I told them, now we'll eat breakfast and we'll talk about the conclusion of the matters. We'll talk about the conclusion of the matter after we enjoy our breakfast. That's almost like, I'm going to spank you, but eat your breakfast first, and then we'll deal with the punishment. Everybody was just stuck. One woman was new, and she just stared at me. She said, I drove all this way for you to tell me you want me to fail. And then she laughed because she knew it had to be some kind of spin on it. There is a woman named Cheryl Blakely. Her name is Cheryl Blakely, and I want to, unfortunately, she's not a member here, but I want to share her testimony with us. Are y'all ready? Yeah, I'll do that first, and then we'll hit our scripture. This is her testimony. My dad used to ask my brother and I at the dinner table what we had failed at this week. She told an audience of hundreds of thousands at a recent Network for Teaching Entrepreneurs, an event held in New York City. She said, I can remember coming home from school and saying, Dad, I tried out for this, and I was horrible. And he would high-five me and say, way to go, girl. If I didn't have something that I had failed at, he would literally actually be disappointed with me. This dinner table tradition allowed Cheryl Blakely to see the value in failure. My dad always encouraged me to fail, and because of this, he gave me a gift, a gift that no one else had given me. He had given me the gift of retraining my thinking about failure. She further explained, failure for me is about not trying at all and not about the outcome of a situation. We talked about some of the cliches yesterday that we heard about failure. We talked about how there's been statements like failure turned inside out is success, you know, but that's a little gut wrenching when you got not want this to turn inside out. It's not so much of what happened or didn't happen. It's your mindset about the situation. One of the things that we're taught in cognitive behavioral therapy is you do what you do because of the way you think. You think the way you think because of what you believe. So there's beliefs about yourself, there's beliefs about the world, there's beliefs about God. Those beliefs, many more, but those beliefs are what dictates how you think. How you think shows up in your behavior. Everything you do can be explained by your thinking, but backed up by what you believe. When you have a mindset that failure is a bad thing or failure is who you are, instead of failing at a particular situation it will fill you with fear and cause you not to step out on the waters as Peter had to with God because he said this feeling of not knowing something or the fear that I could fail at something scares me so even though Jesus is telling me to walk on the water I'm not going to walk on the water because it's familiar to me this feeling that has overcome me of fear So there's many things that we never step out and do that even God himself has told us to do. Mentors have told us to do. Leaders have told us to do. You knew to even do. Maybe the family has told you to do. And you didn't do it because you failed at it. You didn't do it because you were afraid to fail at it. So we have to turn our mindset around and see failure as a good thing. Failure means I try. Fear means I refuse to try. So fear is what equates failure. Not passing something, not starting something, getting a no, getting rejected from something is not failure. But we're taught that that's failure. And there's books out there, Three Steps to Succeed, Ten Steps to Get Back Up from Failure, Ten Steps to Fall Forward. There's so many books out there as if failure is such a bad thing. The only time failure is a bad thing for this teaching today is if failure is that you never got started. We went around the room yesterday with the 20 women, and we capped it off at the first 20, with the 20 women, and everyone had to share before I explained this this mindset, this understanding about where they failed. And most of the failures were things they knew they were supposed to do, but never stepped out and did it. Only a couple people actually named things they stepped out and did and it didn't work out for them. So two things happened. They stepped out the same way again and did the same mistake all over again or they went to a completely different situation and didn't put time in to learn what was the issue that the situation didn't work out. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Failure has to be changed in how we interpret it in our minds. Somebody needs to apply for a house. The the homework from my mentees yesterday was they have to find something that they failed at and bring the report back to me when we meet online on August 23rd. They have to literally go out and fail. This woman was an A-plus student. This woman um, was the top, she would sell the most Girl Scout cookies in her region and she would come home and sell to her dad all her awards and all her trophies and all the letters about the great things she's done. He said, throw it away. He said, I'm not going to praise you in things you already know you're good at. So she couldn't find things to fail at. So she signed up for men's hockey and failed and came up and said, dad, I failed. He said, way to go, that's my girl. So she learned, this is a true story. She learned to separate her failures from herself My failures are not me. Because something didn't work out, it's not me. Because something didn't happen doesn't mean I shouldn't try it again. Are y'all with me today? Cheryl Blakely is the owner of Spanx. She got tired of seeing lines in her dresses when she went out places. So she took some pantyhose and she cut the pantyhose up to here so she could hold in the cellulite. She could hold in the dents. And all people would see is the straight line in the figure that she wanted them to see when she was dressed. I went to a funeral a couple weeks ago. And I saw so many women, if I had spanks, I would have passed them out for free. I'm coming down your road, row, sisters. So many women with white dresses on nothing under them but their underwear and you could clearly see that it was hot they didn't have tights or or stockings on that's why the old school you wore them stockings period you go to Bahamas right now they wearing stockings in service they don't care that it's a hundred out because there's something to that look that they're doing and they're not doing it to sweat and to be hot they're doing it to look like a lady if anybody cares about that anymore in 2021 these women, God help my tongue, father. Yeah. When they walked by, it was dense, it was holes, yeah. it was bullet shots. It was... And these chicks wasn't small chicks. And I mean, I saw booties and I saw boom boom. And some of them were married. and I'm looking I'm like their husband, don't even tell them, baby, we got the baby, that's for me and you. I love the dents and the quakes. I love the shakes. I love the bullet holes, that's all me. But when you go out, I want people to just see. So she got tired of the problem personally and would take her holes and cut them. So whatever she didn't want people to see, mainly she said it was for panty lines. Too many women show their panty lines in their clothes. So this idea made her create it. She wanted to create the idea with the mission in mind that she wanted to lift the self-esteem of women. Women are in business fields and they're leading companies. They're, they're Fortune 500 places and they're, they're, they're on TED Talks and they're leading huge congregations now and they're coming out with panty lines. And she said it drove her crazy. So she said she wanted to increase the self-esteem of women. Now think about the marketing strategy here. She could have done anything to create self-esteem. She could have wrote a 30-day devotional on scriptures. She could have told you 39 ways to love yourself. She could have wrote a whole book. She could have called herself a soul doctor. This lady created Spanx to lift women's self-esteem. In 2012, she was named on the Fortune 500 magazine and that whole industry there as the youngest billionaire in that year for her business idea. She found a problem and wanted to create the solution to it. Some of us are jumping into other people's ideas and wondering why we're not finding success. There is a God-given idea and purpose in every single one of us. I don't know about y'all, but for me, I knew mine when I was little. Uh-huh. And I can't blame anyone, but I was little. No one nurtured it. No one fed it. No one told me to go for it. They didn't begin to call me that name so that I could begin to see myself in that position. That's not the family I grew up with. Family I grew up with, man, look, you come out alive. I came out alive. <laughs> so I had to catch up the years for myself. What? I was the baby of 12. Okay, the baby of 12, my mother had her second marriage to my father. He was 60, he had no kids and he wanted children. He begged her for children. She said, I will give you, he wanted two girls, he knew specifically what he wanted. She said, I'll give you two girls, but you raising them. I don't have 10, I'm done. Gave him his two kids, he did my hair, crooked parts for days. I got to wear whatever I wanted to wear to school, but I was daddy's girl. But before I was daddy's girl, my sister was his first child. She had him for five years before I showed up. Can you imagine how many times I mistakenly, I want to say overdosed, but drank too much water in the bathtub? Oh, y'all ain't have siblings like that? Why is your sister choking? She keeps blowing bubbles in the water. I'm like, they trying to kill me, Ma. True stories. I would leave the house, they would have me hanging upside down until my mother came back and swinging me back and forth upside down. They would take my dolls, cut my dolls' necks, put ketchup on the dolls, hang the dolls in the garage and they said, "Go get your bike. You can ride your bike till mommy come back." And I'm running to go get my bike and I'm ah, 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 freaking out seeing all my dolls with their necks and throats cut. I made it out alive. Anybody can say I made it out for them people alive. Family is some crazy folks. That's why the church couldn't hurt me. The church couldn't hurt me enough for me to lead a church or God. Cause what I survived in my family, ain't no hurt got nothing to do with what them jokers did. So there was nobody there to really embellish, to water. To plant, to tell me that it was possible. There was people when I was little I would write letters to, and they would write back and they say, to My mother, your daughter's a writer. You should put her in writing school. She's gonna be an author. You gotta cultivate that gift. Put her around more seasoned and mature people. She's a great writer. And the gift probably went to maybe sixth or seventh grade after that. I was just trying to survive. I should write about all that. <laughs> what is my point in all of that? There is something in you that has been cultivated maybe you are even overlooking it because no one's came and told you that there was something great on the inside of you that you have to do and you're blowing it off as if it's nothing and that's the very thing that God could possibly say in the end to you but what did you do with what I gave you You served great in this company, and you served great in that institution. You served great in that establishment. You were a freaking good employee over here, but what about the thing that I gave you to do? Well, I didn't do it because I was afraid. This woman, the torture, if you will, of her father telling her she needed to fail made her see failure as she stepped out and did something instead of staying in the boat being safe with everybody else. If I was talking to my mentees, I'd say staying in the boat with the rest of the losers. But since I'm in church, I have to talk a little bit better. Because with the mentees, I go write direct hits. What do you wear every day? What do you do every day? What do you wish you had every day that would make your life so much easier? That's waiting for you to create. That can even begin to serve you a passive income. Y'all know that term? That when you're sleeping, money is still coming through in your sleep. She's teaching women that the reason why peony holes have been so uncomfortable all of our entire life, the centuries, is because they were created by men. How are they gonna tell us how peony holes need to fit? That's why sometimes we gotta walk and the thing be here in your leg seat. Men don't know what we going through. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. The the crotch be way down here and you can't open your legs wide so they think you... Y'all just made some bad penny holes. She had no competition in her market. There wasn't a woman before her. How How long have women been on earth? Anybody know? There wasn't a woman before her that said, hmm, I'm tired of these things not fitting my shape. So they go out and create Spanx. She started with a dollar. She came up with $5,000 to get her prototype done. Got her prototype done. She said she came away from all big events, all parties, all social gathering. She didn't hang out with any friends for a whole year. And she tweet and tweet and tweet and tweet until she got that thing to fit just the way she thought she wanted it to fit and she went and found women and she paid these women each woman of different sizes to try it on to see how it fits each woman so she knows where to put the elasticity at to give more room for different sizes and shapes how many of y'all go and try to buy jeans from abercrombie and you got some hips and you got a little luggage in the trunk and you get in there and say who wear these jeans my little brother look at the market that is available for us who got a little more shapeliness. And when we go to, we can't wear Lou Tim's jeans. Tim's jeans don't fit, I like men's jeans. That's just me, I love men's jeans. The material of them, to me, their jeans look better than ours, so I ordered some. And they got to here and I realized they don't give room to let out for this here and they definitely ain't working with nothing back there. So there's room for a maker of jeans who because I can't be the only one that thinks men's jeans look better than women's jeans. I cannot be. That's just not the way God has made us. There's got to be someone that could say I'm going to take a male pair of jeans and I'm going to put room in it so that it can stretch for whatever size that woman is and she can still have a nice dark color pair of jeans. It's not going to happen to you if you're afraid. You've got to see failure as I did it. I tried that thing. I beat that thing this time. There's things that you need to do and the only thing is stopping you ain't even a no. It's your fear of the failure of that thing because somebody told you failure was bad, failure was wrong. Failure makes you who failure is and not that I am an entrepreneur and I'm stepping out and I'm trying things that God has given me to do. You gotta be around people that say woohoo. We had all the women high five each other yesterday. Now go out and fail. And I'm getting text messages. Apostle, I'm struggling with this. Of course you are. Your man too, first of all, is a teacher and teachers have to be controlling, they have to be accurate, they have to be able to define the grade of a situation. To tell a teacher to make a mistake is crazy. But they're gonna go and they're gonna find a way to fail in the next two weeks and bring it back. Because what that failure is gonna do for you is to show you I don't really have to feel bad over this failure because that's, that's failure. I'm not failure. Are y'all with me? What has kept you back from writing that book, producing that song, starting that business, making that prototype, committing to a relationship or even committing to something even greater. How about covenant with God? How about stepping up in your ministry? How about just prophesying one word from 9.30 to 10.30 in the morning? And you can't do it. I went around this morning personally and I saw the struggles with the people because they could not believe they only had one word or one color, and because it didn't seem enough, it didn't seem like I was gonna be looked at as I knew what I did, they stopped. Let me read. She said, the dinner table tradition now carries on to my children. My son is now seven years of age and my son tries everything. He goes for everything. No doesn't hurt his feeling. Rejection is not seen as a failure to him. My son fails and he comes in and he shares it as he laughs with his dad. I took this tradition from my father because he encouraged me to fail. Because if there is no failure, there is no success. Do you know how many times great minds Wealthy people have failed at a situation before they became successful at it. What's the difference between us and them? We are afraid to fail. They are not. There's been someone, I thought about mine, and there's been someone I have been wanting to reach out to. And I'm like, they're not going to answer me. I ain't got a big enough church. They're not going to answer me. That's going to be my failure. I'm going to step out and do it and see what God does come on y'all cause I'm not gonna stay back thinking oh they're not gonna who are you my name ain't on no big list I ain't taking pictures and rubbing elbows with these great people cause you know a lot of people take pictures with people so they can pretend they're friends with them and then they likes and stuff go up I know people who pay people you can do that now by the way you can pay people to either photoshop you in a picture I promise you you can pay somebody to Photoshop you in a picture with a superstar, or there's some superstars. Matter of fact, they just said um, Kylie Kardashian, if you give her five, $500,000, she'll tag you on an Instagram. This is how we're working and we're using our celebrityism because until you're connected with someone else, you are nobody in that world. I'm not willing to do that. They're not Photoshopping me in nothing. I'm going to try, and I'm going to try again until I get what I need for this ministry. I know the the level of authenticity, the level of purity of who I want to bring in this house, and I'm not going to do it through stealing through a back door. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go, and I ain't going to worry about failure. If they don't answer, how is that my problem that they didn't answer? That's their laws, ain't it? We're a bad church. Yeah. That's their issue if they don't answer. But you know, when you do things like that and you talk yourself up and you work yourself through it and then you don't want to tell anybody, why not? Encourage someone else to do it. She said no one supported her when she created Spanx. She was, she hit a she said for a $42, $42 item, she's collected over three billion dollars on it. No one supported her. No one believed in her and she failed and failed and failed. She said she never went home and got depressed. She never got stuck with the failure because her father started them as young children to recognize failure is the way to success. If you are not willing to fail, you are not willing to get. Sarah's beloved father followed wayne dyer's guidance and teaching his children the power of failing big can somebody repeat that the power, the power that ain't enough the power, the power each day her father would ask so what did you fail at today literally every time at the dinner table and if there were no failures dad was disappointed and this freedom to fail say to me i need, I need the, freedom the freedom to fail I need need myself myself to give me me the freedom, freedom. y'all falling off, come on now, To to fail. This allowed, I'm sorry, her name is Sarah. This allowed Sarah to understand that failure is not an outcome. Can you say that with me? Failure is not the outcome. You cannot consider that an outcome. How did you do? Did you pass or fail? No, I passed or I tried. This sounds ridiculous to you, right? Because we were trained the other way too long. Good, I'm glad it doesn't sound ridiculous to you. You have to continue trying until it becomes a part of who you are. We look at so many people in the Bible and we, why were they so stupid? They was with Jesus. Why wouldn't they do this? Jesus called them to do this. Oh my God, look at this. They were such punks in the Bible. Could you imagine the insecurity of walking with somebody like Jesus? That would be completely intimidating to walk with the Messiah. Not the risen king yet, but the Messiah. This freedom to fail, listen, is what inspired her to try stand-up comedy in her 20s. Look at the way she went. How do you go from being a stand-up comedian to selling fax machines to sitting in her house every evening after selling fax machines door to door cutting up pantyhose, getting her prototype right, and said, this thing is not only going to change the destination for how women show up and lift their self-esteem, but it's going to take me to that place that I need to be. Focusing on failing, failing big, say it, allowed Sarah to understand that failure is not an outcome. Say it so instead of saying failure is not what's the other cliche thing we say not an option instead of saying failure is not an option what does that make you feel like even with that statement when we say failure is not an option you already failed so instead failure is not an outcome and i am not the result of my failures are y'all with me Failure is not an outcome, but involves a lack of trying. I think, Reverend, the Bible might say somewhere you have not. Oh, 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 oh. And you ask not because you fear. You ask not because you don't know how valuable you are to God. You know what God showed me as I was on my journey to loving myself? He was like, to be honest with you, Suzanne, I'm not even really that concerned with you. It's the thing that I've given you to do, that I give provision for. When you do the thing that I've given you to do, I connect you to the people. When you over here trying to make your own name and make your own things happen, you are gonna get that audience and all those repercussions on your own. But when you're doing what I called you to do, I'll give you provision, I'll give you vision, I'll give you that thirst for that thing, I'll connect you to the right people at the wrong places, He said, I'm not really concerned with you. You're jacked up over your issues and your sins and your insecurities. You keep punishing yourself. You keep trying to whip yourself, put yourself on out on on punishments. You keep trying to condemn yourself and sit yourself down. I'm really not that concerned with you it's the destiny of the thing that I have in you that's what I protect that's what I show up for that's the thing that I provide for that's why you haven't been able to die that's why you haven't been able to lose because that thing that's on the inside of you that I need you to deliver for me that's what I send angels on assignment for that's what I send guards to secure that's why favor comes in these places where people don't know you that's why your bucket cannot run empty There's a destiny on the inside of you, but you refuse to step out on the destiny because you think you're going to fail in something that God gave you that's called destiny. He loves us with an everlasting love. That's why he gave us heaven. But while you're here, there's some things I need you to do. There's some situations I need you to handle. There's some people I need you to meet. There's some things I need you to straighten out. There's some places that your voice need to be spoken at. Better yet, there's some places my voice needs to be spoken at, but because you ain't showing up, I can't get into that. There's people waiting to hear from me, and they're going to hear from me from you, but you won't go. I didn't give you provision for you to look good. You look good when you do what I've called you to do. And I don't care if you want a back and two Rose horses. You get whatever you want. I could care less about material things. But be rich and not do what I called you to do. Be rich and not walk in the purpose that I have predestined for your life. You want me to give you all that when you've given me nothing? He'll blow it all away. Let me finish the freedom to fail is an inspiration. It's an inspiration because instead of thinking that failure is not an option, failure is not an outcome. She credits her views on failing and failure for her ability to stay in the sales world for so long despite constant rejection. Because God first put her in sales, before producing her prototype, she was able to sell and market her own product. I don't know if y'all know anything about sales and marketing, but marketing is in the millions of dollars. These three second commercials during the Super Bowl is Hundreds of millions of dollars. Budweiser practically owns the commercial time. Y'all men probably know this better than us. Budweiser practically owns all the commercial time because they have the money to pay during these big games. What you call them? Super Bowl? Super Bowl games? You can't get little people to put commercials on during that time. She did her own sales and marketing because God said first sell fax machines door to door and I'm going to institute the failure is not an outcome mindset that your daddy gave you now I'm going to make it applicable to you and now you go out and you're getting the rejection at the door and every time you get rejected you got a better idea for your business she walks in Neiman Marcus on her own with her first final piece of Spanx and Neiman Marcus wants to buy it from her 12 million dollars she said I wasn't ready to sell it yet. She took it to the trading institutions where they do all that stuff, making it public and getting it out there. She made 36 million dollars. What if she would have sold that thing out right from the beginning for 12 million? How many of us would have been like 12 million? That's what I've been waiting for. She waited. Matter of fact, that's triple. That's exactly triple. She waited and tripled what God was giving her to do. Most of her proceeds, her money goes back to institutions helping women. But what was her early childhood lessons? Failing is what? See, when we depend on ourselves, right, not an outcome. When we depend on ourselves, we get the results that we can get. But when we depend on God, we get God kind of results. Anybody want some God kind of results instead of my own human flesh kind of results? There's a big gray area in between. Failure is not an outcome, say it. Failure is not an outcome. Failure is for a lack of trying, not stretching yourself far enough to push outside of your comfort zone and attempting to be more today than you were the day before. The only real failure in her household came about by refusal to try. Let me read these last three paragraphs, small paragraphs to you. If you can create a culture where your employees are not terrified to fail or make a mistake then they're going to be highly productive and more innovative in what you've hired them to do than the employees that you make terrified over you. Let me read it again. If you can create a culture where your employees, your ministers, are not terrified to fail or to make a mistake in your personal relationship with your children, with your spouse, you will create a highly productive staff, or spouse, or family, or company, or church, to cause them to be even more innovative. The owner, Sarah Blakely, of a global brand, are y'all ready? With over 400 million in estimated annual sales. Annual, keyword the owner of a global brand with 400 million in estimated annual sales to reach that level to be named the youngest self-made woman on Forbes billionaire list in 2012. What is the difference between her and I? What is the difference between you and her? a lot of entrepreneurs are held back by the fears of their failure. So that lesson from my dad was a real gift that keeps producing even more on today. She says, I don't even know how I got to the place I got with Oprah. Somebody sent Oprah my Spanx. Bless the name of the Lord. And Oprah not afraid to share her platform, but you gotta be legit. Oprah announced her Spanx before the show had ended. As soon as Oprah started, it's like people be on it, what's Oprah gonna talk about today? And it's like as soon as she announced it, they're ordering it. 400 million Spanx were sold before the end of Oprah's show. The show, people were in the middle of watching the show, ordering her Spanx. A lot of us are held back by the fear of failure, and our father told us this. Rather than letting fear of the unknown or of not being good enough dictate our decisions, Blakely encourages aspiring entrepreneurs to use their inexperience and weakness to their advantage. What you don't know can become your greatest asset if you let it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Let me take it home for the believer. I don't know if y'all can tell but God has really impressed on me to birth some millionaires. And every time we get somewhere far out he has me Inject in y'all a little bit more of an entrepreneurial mindset of a mindset where the kingdom can be blessed, where the tithe is bigger than the offering. Yeah. Listen, Second Corinthians 12 and 9. I'm gonna read a little bit up. And he has said to me, Say that, and he has said to me, my, grace my grace is, is sufficient, my sufficient for you, for, you. for power. For power, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Is there anybody here today that wants to boast in their weaknesses? Is there anybody in here today that's not afraid to go for it? Is there anybody in here today that is willing to boast in your weaknesses so that you can conquer the thing that God has called you to do? Is there anyone, just one person in here, who's willing to boast in the things you failed in, to actually make it a target in homework to go out and fail in something? You're staying back because you like to be safe. And being safe for you brings you a comfort you've never had in your life. But God said, step out. He said, step out. He said, I need you to get out. I need you to move. There's people I got you to see. There's places I have for you to go. There's expenses that's going to be paid for. Favor is going to come your way. I've already prophesied that you'll be before kings and queens and won't know how you even got there. But if you're not willing to boast in your weaknesses, you're going to remain in that one seat on 131 East Elliott Street. What have you failed at this week? What have you failed at this year that you've been trying to keep a secret? Maybe you're online and it kept you from going in the church today because you feel like you lost, you feel like such a loser. We had one woman share her failure was in marriages. Another woman failed in education and not that she failed in it, she never went and pursued and it's still in her mind to this day, pushing her to get educated. And you can see the breaking in her face to still wanna pursue it. But now that other voice comes and say, you're too old now. So you're, you're gonna die with this regret. You're gonna die with this failure. Cause the enemy loves. Do you know the most powerful move of the enemy is failure? Read any kind of teachings about it all. All the enemy has to do is to cause fear and God's people are stuck. Look at COVID. The church not only got stuck, it got divided. Look at the vaccination. I ain't saying either way. I'm talking about the fear of situations. So how do you think the enemy is going to continue to intimidate us through the end times? Through fear. I just heard our song again. I forgot all about that song. I just heard our song again. God is birthing us to a new place. So that we won't be like the world and carry fears like the world do. The scripture says, be willing to boast in your weaknesses. If you're not willing to boast in your weaknesses, how can you give me little? He said, little becomes much when you put it in the master's hand. You ain't giving me nothing. What happened with Cain and Abel? One gave a real offering. The other gave something that God gave them. So if I give Anna a gift and next year she takes my name tag off of it in the gift bag and returns the gift back to me, am I supposed to be impressed? So we re-gift into the same person. That's what happened with Cain and Abel. God made him a farmer. God produced the land. God gave him the land to plow. And he wanted to bring back to God what God gave him. What is it? Tap into your mind just for five seconds. Tap into your mind for five seconds. What is it that you would do if you were not afraid to boast in your weaknesses, to boast in your failure? You have been so tricked and beguiled by the devil that all you see is your sins, your sins, your sins, your sins. Do you know that God gave us a way out when we sin? God didn't give us a way out so that we would not sin. He gave us a way out for when we sin. Why are you stuck and huddled in corners and depressed and on medication over the sins that you're in? He told us, repent, put the blood on you and make an atonement and move in your weaknesses, move into places that I can be glorified in. My strength isn't shown when your strength, my strength isn't shown when you're strong. My strength isn't shown when you know how to do something. My strength is shown to the world, to your family, to the church, even to you. My strength is shown when you can't do it. When you're too weak, when you're doubting, when you can't believe, when you're fighting alone, when you believe nobody's on your side, when you believe you don't have enough money, you ain't got enough credit, you two too woman, you two too man, you're too separate from your tribe. I haven't found my family yet. God said until you be willing to be weak, I can't come in like a storm. I can't even come in like a flood. I can't even move inside of you because you need to be right and you need to win every time. He said, I want to win. You're trying to take my wins and give me your losses. I want to win. I need you to do something that you're willing to fail at. And if you fail, I want you to high five yourself and say, I did it and I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it until I pass. I'm going to do it until I get it right. Because every time, I even heard the scripture while I was upstairs in the office going over my notes again, that a just man falls how many times a just man falls seven times and god has not counted him out so if he can fall seven times anybody here fell seven times i wish i had enough physical strength to fall down seven times and get back up because i would show you after seven times who wouldn't count themselves out god said even a just man falls seven times and i count him righteous you ain't willing to fall you ain't willing to walk you're not willing to do anything if you can't see it if you can't touch it if you can't smell it if you can't hear it if your senses don't appeal to it you don't believe that it's God you want to follow magic you want to follow science the Holy Spirit has come and sent away from you and I am God I am Alpha and Omega and I have determined and predetermined a destiny for you but you're not gonna get it and you're not gonna reach it if you need to get the glory out of it need somebody who's willing to fail. I need somebody who's willing to walk on the water. I need somebody who's willing to hear my voice. I need somebody who's willing to trust in the promises that I gave them. Let me read the word of God again as we go home. And as he has said to who? What's your name? As he has said to Uh Uh-huh. My grace is sufficient for? Say your name. You're not me. Remember when he called Lazarus? He didn't say everybody dead rise. We would have had a heck of a time here on this earth. He called Lazarus specifically. Get specific in your relationship with God. My grace is sufficient for? For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about, say your name, weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. King James Version. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness go out and fail go out and fail anybody gonna join us this week Anybody going to join us this week? Anybody going to step into something this week that you've been afraid to step in? Sign up for something this week. Ask them why you haven't gotten that raise. Ask them why you haven't gotten that promotion. Ask them what do I got to do to get that raise? What do I need to do to get that promotion? Sign up for that car. Look, don't be stupid. Because God don't want us to be stupid. If you can't pay it and God ain't showed you a way for them payments, don't be stupid in God. But if God has shown you that he's going to take care of something, you need to do it. Because he is not going to show up in you or you or you until you become weak, that he can become strong. Who's willing to do it? I want only people who are standing to make a vow with the rest of us today that I'm going to do something that I might fail in. Now, for those who couldn't hear the sermon clearly, It doesn't mean fail a test. It doesn't mean that when you fail something that you know you're supposed to be doing excellence for God and you've been doing it raggedy and messy and not showing up, not that kind of failure, failure to us after today, as of this moment means you haven't given it a try. That's failure. Anything outside of that, we're going to celebrate. Can we do that? Can we celebrate? You think we can take a couple of Sundays and have people get up and share their failures? You think anybody would stand up and share their failures? All right, we're gonna do that. The next few Sundays, I wanna hear how you stepped out and did something, and that I failed in it, and it didn't feel good, but I'm working my way to changing my mindset to get an understanding about failure. Or, guess what, Apostle, I was prepared to fail, and it came true. The blessing came forth. I got exactly what I went for, and I wasn't even prepared for it. Do you know that that happens? So everybody in this room is standing. Are y'all standing because it's a benediction, or y'all standing because you're in agreement? So we're all gonna try it this week. Entrepreneurs, where you at? Let me hear you. Yes, yes. One of the cliches was, "Nothing beats a failure, but a, but a try." We've heard all the cliches. Did we even know that God even was down with that? That God even said to us, "Glory in your weaknesses." because that's when i made strong. So he's not looking for us to be these great people. He's looking to make us great because God does not like sharing his glory with anybody else. Amen. So he don't want you caught up in between whether I did this great thing, I did all this, I earned all this. He want to hear, I, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you how it happened. I had a no before. I was rejected. My credit didn't match it. I I can't even believe I'm living in something like this or I'm able to do these things that I couldn't do before because of God. Glory in your weaknesses so that God might be glorified in us through his strength. Look at your neighbor. Say, go ahead and fail. fail. Look at your other neighbor. Say, you got two weeks. Talk to yourself. Say, self, we're going to fail fail, and we're going to be all right amen god bless you god bless you god bless you we love you is there anyone that wants to give their life to the lord is there anyone who wants to be a part of the apostle's house and be a part of the membership here um being discipled here being trained in the things that god is doing on this side of heaven at this office if you are interested and you've heard the lord for that come on up to the front of the church now which is really like the back of the church now and we'll take you upstairs and We'll get all your information and love on you and take some spiritual responsibility for you. If you're looking to join the apostles' house, please move now. <laughs> Amen. Bless the Lord. Tanil Small. She has a daycare. Uh oh. Amen. Bless God. Bless the Lord. I don't know. I don't know your name. What is it? Damien, Damien and Tanil has joined the ministry today they don't know each other if you're online trying to figure it out they don't know each other they just came up at the same time to join the church I know Tanil has a daycare and I'm trying to push her to open one up down this side of the 91 corridor but we'll have to see what happens is there anyone else? All right, anyone else? aww amen Lisa right? Lisa amen we met Lisa online amen amen bless the lord all right anyone that's coming for salvation because y'all do need to be saved some of y'all need to be saved again amen bless the lord we're going home now father if we leave this place but never your presence may the spirit of the living god may he rest come on may he rule and abide for what uh-huh forever Wow. Father, we thank you for being a forever God. In Jesus name. Amen. Apostles house. Can you clap your hands for these wonderful people? Can maybe you just come up here, even if you don't want to touch them, just give them a wave, give them an elbow. Let them know that you're a part of the apostles house and you welcome them in where we take life and discipleship seriously. For the rest of you, God bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday for revival. God bless you.